Hey, hey, welcome to another edition of the Syracuse Sports Podcast. I'm Brent Axe. Listen, you can get this podcast on iTunes or Google Play. It is easy. Just subscribe, find the Syracuse Sports Podcast in both iTunes and Google Play, and we will send you new episodes. It's exciting. You get this little notification on your phone. A new episode of the Syracuse Sports Podcast is available. It's a beautiful thing. We got a lot to chew on on this week's episode, including we finally know what's going on at the Carrier Dome. Does it live up to what fans have wanted Carrier Dome 2.0 to be? And it's interesting that it comes in the backdrop of not only the Dome, but the Onondaga County War Memorial are getting major renovations. Syracuse basketball lands another big recruit. Mike Waters of Syracuse.com will pop in to tell me about Robert Braswell and how things stand on the recruiting front for the Orange, trying to recover from Darius Baisley deciding to go to the G League. But we start with Syracuse lacrosse. Well, it's a tough one. My hat's off to uh, Cornell. You know, they played for 60 minutes and uh, they won the game and and, I wish them luck going against Maryland uh, next weekend. I think that uh, it was a, a great college game. I thought that, uh, you know, they really stuck with it. I understand that a lot of fans are going to want to grab their pitchforks and their torches and march to John Desco's office and demand change. Syracuse lacrosse fans are spoiled, and there's no reason they should not be because Syracuse has a history of Final Fours and championships. By their own standard, a Final Four is where you draw the line. With the 10-9 loss to Cornell on Sunday, it has now been five years since Syracuse last made a Final Four. It has now been nine years since Syracuse won the national championship. That is an eternity by their own standard and the standard set by the fan base as well. So what to do now? On one hand, Syracuse had the youngest team it had in 20 years. Mumps, of all things, wiped out fall ball and put Syracuse a little behind the eight ball. Eight and seven was their final record. A lot of one-goal games in there. Syracuse doing what it had to do to make the tournament, even getting a home game over Cornell when they probably didn't deserve it. Syracuse certainly didn't get its butt kicked by Cornell, although that last play where Nate Solomon got hammered and a flag went into the air, but clock ran out and it didn't matter anyway. But they lost, and that adds to a loss to Towson last year. That adds to a first-round loss to Bryant in recent years and shortcomings in the NCAA tournament. Five years is a pattern. So what will Syracuse do about it? Do they have the recruits to come in to complement the young talent that will return to this team like Rifus and Solomon, Tromboli, Dorovic, and Brendan Curry? I think this could be a top-five preseason team next year. That's not to say, though, that some changes can't be made. Will John Desco make some changes on his coaching staff? Will a coach or two retire? I would actually anticipate that could happen or coaches move on by other means. And and Syracuse puts a and Desco puts a little fresh blood on his coaching staff. It's an interesting parallel where Syracuse lacrosse fans are at right now because lacrosse has never been more popular. The game is growing and other regions of the country are flourishing in the sport. Has Syracuse caught up with that? Some of their best young talent comes from all over the country, including Tucker Dordovic, who's from Oregon, who could be the next big thing for Syracuse lacrosse. On the other hand, your standard is Final Fours, and you're not meeting that standard. So when do those two worlds collide? Is lacrosse still a big enough deal that John Wildhack, the athletic director, will have to think about change? It's one thing to be spoiled about not making Final Fours. It's quite another if you don't make the tournament at all for consecutive years. 
So I don't think it's time to fire Desco. It's not to say some changes can't be made. And Syracuse with a loaded team next year, if they fall short again, that could change the tenor of this conversation because patience is only growing thin with fans, alumni, and even some within the walls of Syracuse University on the current state of the men's lacrosse team. Syracuse men's lacrosse is one of five programs that plays at the Carrier Dome. We finally learned on Monday what Carrier Dome 2.0 is going to look like. I caught up with Chris Carlson of Syracuse.com to get the details. Chris, the due diligence is over. You and I have been asking Syracuse Athletic Director John Wildhack about this for weeks, and understandably, given things working behind the scenes, his answer was, uh, we're doing our due diligence on this. And that is about the Carrier Dome. We found out Monday the plans for the renovations for the Carrier Dome. So let's just go over, uh, people have certainly seen the stories and have seen the coverage out there today, but let's kind of go over the main bullet points of this. What is the biggest thing a Syracuse fan takes away from what was announced on Monday? Well, one, I've never seen John Wildhack as happy uh, <laughs> as he was to, to, to stop hearing uh, the words due diligence, probably. Uh, you know, t- to me, I, I think, you know, the air conditioning um, that it's going to be there. Uh, it's kind of been the butt of uh, Syracuse has been the butt of so many jokes over the years for not having air conditioning. Um, and it's going to make it a much more comfortable place early in the football season. There will be no reason not to go to those games. Um, it's not going to be a miserable, you know, slog to go watch them beat up an FCS foe, you know, in, in the season opener. I think you're actually going to want to be there um, from now on. So I, I I just think getting that done is probably the biggest part, um, you know, and then, and then just not having to worry about the roof is kind of the biggest thing from kind of Syracuse's standpoint it is the air-supported roof. There was always the danger that you'd lose a season or there was going to be a leak and you were going to have to, you know, at the last minute, play games elsewhere and and this kind of really really alleviates those concerns so i know that's not you know that's not a sexy thing for for fans to think about but i think it's just a, an absolutely critical thing for but Syracuse. it's something that they wanted because you're going to get uh, eventually here this is a four-year process but you're going to get wider concourses you're going to get better bathrooms you're going to get better concessions here one thing that i was interested in chris that they they kind of left out and maybe is, is down the road here a lot of fans certainly want to see more comfortable seating mm-hmm. in that building, and that's not part of this phase, but eventually could be down the road, right? Yeah, uh, and that's, you know, I think they checked off pretty much every box as far as kind of modernizing that building into what fans would expect. Um the seats are tricky cuz football stadiums they have bench seating. It's a common thing. Everybody sits on benches. We all know that. Um but basketball seating there is a little bit more of an expectation of a, a luxurious um, experience w- with chairbacks, um, and that's where having a stadium that serves five sports becomes really tricky. Um, but yeah, that you know that's something that Syracuse said previously was a high priority. It's the one thing that was, they've kind of talked about a lot that was absent from the announcement. Um, you know, Pete Sala expressed hope that there is a second phase uh, of this project. They don't want to announce it until they have the money for it. Um, but but there is certainly, I guess, hope from the Syracuse athletic. F- folks that that's coming um just no guarantees yet this scoreboard is intriguing and the one thing that pete Sala did say at the press conference monday was it's big it's really big so i think we anticipated that and there's kind of like a roller coaster looking thing on top Mm -hmm. of the carrier dome now that is the support system for this scoreboard and i think it's interesting because look the skyline of central new york when you are coming up route 81 and syracuse pops into view 
the carrier dome is the most vivid thing that you see. It identifies the skyline of the city. That's going to be a little different now with this new roof. Yeah. You know, Pete Salo mentioned they're still kind of working through ways to to do the roof and finalizing how it's going to look. But it does seem like there's going to need to be some sort of support structure up there when this is all done. So you're not just going to have a, a pillow top alone you know, above everything on the trip down I-81. It's going to, you know, it'll change. Um, And I think like everything else, we'll get used to it. One other thing, Chris, that I wanted to note was how far has this gone back and forth in terms of cost? Because the number that was put out there Monday was $118 million. Is that less than we thought? Is it more than we thought? Is it kind of the Goldilocks just right number? How did that work out? So it's uh, Syracuse initially announced a, a $205 million renovation. So we're at 118. So there, there's um, 80 million kind of unaccounted for uh, as far as the renovation. Now, presumably that is phase two um, and down the line, it, those are the additions they hope to make. Um, you know, if you're, if you're a fan and you're really critical, I suppose you could come out and say like, why haven't they spent that now? They told us that was coming. Um, you know, part of that is they went with a different roof option. This is they went with a. I think Pete Salas had a sixty-three million dollar roof, and it was initially supposed to be a hundred and five. Um, so that's forty million right there. Um, now he said he thinks it's a better option. Um, you know, who, who might argue with Pete Sala uh, on which roof holds up to to the conditions of Syracuse better? Um, so there's certainly some stuff that maybe uh, Syracuse fans expected to happen with the money. It's certainly a little less money than they were promised. Um, but I also think that that's probably money that you eventually see go into the dome down the line. Uh, it just hasn't necessarily been approved yet. So there's still, I think, a little bit of stay tuned with this, but we've answered uh, the huge questions and the ones that need to be asked every time we talk to John Wildhack. Chris, thanks for your due diligence uh, on reporting this story, my friend. <laughs> you got it. Further evidence that Syracuse basketball truly has no off-season. The Orange got a big verbal commitment over the weekend from Robert Braswell, a prospect from South Carolina. Syracuse.com basketball beat reporter Mike Waters has the details. Robert Braswell is a uh, six foot eight, very thin forward prospect, under the radar. Uh, he didn't get to a high school in the United States until at the end of his freshman year. Uh, his mother is in the U.S. Navy, and she was stationed in Germany uh, for his middle school year. So he gets here, he he just kind of flies under the radar. He doesn't play on a travel AAU team for a couple years. And then last summer, when he did join a, a really good AAU team based in Charlotte, North Carolina, and was going to be out on the summer circuit, he suffered an abdominal strain. And so he didn't get to play in the critical month of July. So college coaches don't see him. Um, the recruiting analysts don't see him, so that's why you're going to see him with two-star ratings and barely in the top 200 uh, for like 24/7 Sports. Uh, their recruiting analyst Evan Daniels put him at 170th in his class, and you're like, wow, why why is the kid like this so underrated? Well, that's right. The reason why is not a lot of people saw him, but long, athletic, and the thing that intrigues me the most about him is is Having learned the game in Germany, he learned it as a perimeter player. He can shoot the ball, he can pass the ball, and he's got great court vision, all of which makes him a real intriguing under-the-radar prospect. 
Uh, another example of his athleticism, uh, he is the two-time defending state champion in the high jump in South Carolina, and that's in the state's largest uh, high school classification, 5A. He didn't high jump until his junior year of high school. Uh, he, his high school basketball coach actually encourages all his players to participate in other sports uh, when it's not basketball season. So Robert uh, joined the track team and found out he was pretty good at the high jump. And his very first year on the track team, he won the state title as a junior. Uh, and this year he defended that title, winning it on Friday, uh, just two days after wrapping up his visit to Syracuse with a jump of six feet, 10 inches. So he basically would have uh, done the Fosbury flop all right over Barama Sidibe. <laughs> and looking it up in the ACC track and field championships, uh, this kid who only started high jumping two years ago uh, would have placed seventh overall in the ACC. Jumped over Barama Sidibe. Robert Braswell is certainly not the only thing amongst recruiting news. Mike Waters on two other prospects that Syracuse is tracking. Uh, looking at two other guys on Syracuse's recruiting radar, uh, we have Bryson Goodine, a 2019 recruit out of the St. Andrews School in, in Rhode Island. He committed to Syracuse last September. Uh, again, a kind of a slightly underrated kid, but a, a kid that the Syracuse coaches were very high on and excited to get an early commitment from. He's coming off a terrific weekend um, at the Nike EYBL. He put up some outstanding numbers, uh, shooting really well from the floor, exceptionally well from three-point range, and knocking down about 85-86% of his um, free throws. And this is coming off a couple weeks earlier when he ranked in like the top four, top five in the EYBL in steals. So he's a six-foot-four guard who the Syracuse coaches feel like they might be able to put him at the point and, and continue their, their trend of having really good size at the point guard position. Uh, another guy, uh, going back to the 2018 class, Syracuse last week had Oshun Oshunie uh, up on campus. Uh, Oshunie is a six foot ten center. He just finished a prep school year at Putnam Science Academy in Connecticut. Uh, he visited Bonaventure early last week, visited Syracuse two day, uh, for a couple days then. Uh, on Monday, he went down to Georgetown for what is likely to be his last official campus visit. He's had a lot of interest from other schools, but it looks like he's going to limit it to these three. Um, Oshunie is an interesting prospect. Uh, he's originally from uh, South Jersey, put up pretty good numbers, but uh, not at a great high school program. His only two offers by the end of his senior year were from LaSalle and Lafayette. And he picked LaSalle, but the LaSalle coaches encouraged him to go spend a year at prep school to get stronger. He was six foot ten and weighed about 185 pounds. Uh, but a year later, uh, LaSalle fired its coach, John Giannini, and so Oshunier asked for his release and got it. And after having a really good year at Putnam Science, he's got interest now from Georgetown, Syracuse, St. Bonaventure, and several other schools, including Maryland. Uh, but it looks like he's going to limit it to these three. So I would expect a decision very soon. Thanks again to Mike Waters for the recruiting update, even in the middle of May, talking Syracuse basketball. Now, we began the podcast today talking about the shortcomings of Syracuse lacrosse. Let's end it by highlighting the triumphs of OCC. The most dominant junior college lacrosse program in the country did it again. Now, as a Herkimer grad, I like to joke around that it took a Herkimer guy to turn around OCC. But what Chuck Wilbur has built on Syracuse's west side is nothing short of incredible. 11 championships in 13 years. It is truly a dynasty. You did it again, Chuck. Congratulations to the Lasers.
can't wait to make my Herkimer joke again next year. Thanks for tuning in to the latest episode of the Syracuse Sports Podcast. Don't forget that you can subscribe to iTunes and Google Play and get new episodes sent right to your smart device. I'm Brent Axe. We'll talk to you next time.